My name is Humble Gray, and I am a Mississippi farmer. I have been informed via several letters that my previous assertion regarding the transgender community, i.e. fellas who say they're gals and vice versa, was mistaken, that these folks are not up to perfidious trickery or even good-natured tomfoolery. No, sir. In an earlier broadcast, I related how my good friend Davis McClyde and I disguised ourselves as members of the fair sex to obtain access to a ladies-only pie party, and I contended that all this entry-gender swap-shopping we've been hearing about has been born of similar ambitions. Let's say, for example, a gal has a fervid desire to view that devilment what lies betwixt a man's legs. But she is the product of God-fearing parents, who have forbidden her to view such until her wedding night, as should be the case with all moral women. Well, what better way to gain access to a glimpse of the male inappropriata than to say that she herself is a male and must avail herself of the men's locker room, the men's washroom, and the men's changing room? for it is in these places that she will see what she has been forbidden to gaze upon, all under the auspices of liberal state legislation. Well, sir, I have been taken to task over my view and must now apologize for ever doubting the sincerity of our brothers and sisters who identify as our sisters and brothers. That said... I have a letter here from one listener who says, Farmer Gray, my brother Todd, now Thalia, identifies as a lady, and believe me, these are no monkey shines. He truly believes himself to be a gal born in a man's body. In fact, so convinced is he that I will for the rest of this missive refrain from identifying Todd, now Thalia, as he, and will refer to her via the female pronoun. My question to you is, do you know of any way to coax Sister Thalia into an about-face so that she will once again revert to being my brother Todd? It's not that I begrudge Thalia her gender switch— but her birthday is coming up, and I find it very hard to shop for a lady. Any help you can provide would be appreciated. Signed, Natal Day Nitwit. Well, Natal Day, Farmer Gray is here to tell you that there is indeed a remedy for Thalia's gender misadventure. And that, my friend, is the plow. That's right, the good old-fashioned farmer's plow. You see... Nothing distinguishes the biological male from the female faster than a day in the fields and a morning in the country kitchen. You place a physiological female at the plow, even a she who believes herself to be a strapping lad, and after a few hours have passed, gal who has been dubbed guy will reject that hard labor, for it is fit only for the brawn and hormonal propensities of one who has been adjudged male on his birth certificate. 
Soon the proto-man will depart the field and seek communion with women, who, it stands to reason, will be quartered in the kitchen, preparing the midday repast that is the due of every hard-working farmer. Once exposed to the hardships that are part and parcel of sowing and reaping, she will gladly join in the preparation of said repast, joyful to have found her true biological niche. But what of Thalia nay Todd, your erstwhile brother? Why, friend, just the opposite applies. He you call she may indeed partake of kitchen chores alongside the ladies of the house, may even gain proficiency at sink, stove, and oven. But if he senses that, just a few hundred yards away, men are engaged at the plow, his male hormones will induce a powerful reaction in his manly cerebrum. Presently he will be overcome with a desire, nay, an undeniable compulsion, a desideratum, if you will, to throw off the flounces and flowers of womanhood and run, not walk, to the field to take his place in the marvelous cycle of planting and harvesting. A godly cycle, you may be sure. I can even envision Thalia slash Todd and Mike, nay Mary, meeting halfway between house and field as each flees the other's domain, There they will quickly, discreetly, and with back turned in the high grass, swap clothing, replacing pinafore with overalls and mutatis mutandis, until each has donned gender-appropriate arrangements. And that, friend Natal, is the solution to your dilemma. Remove Thalia to a farm, stat, and by birthday time, you'll be gifting offertories to Todd. Yes, sir. Now, you may recall that not long ago I was entreated to absent myself, temporarily, from the First Baptist Church of Trouveau, Mississippi, this being the result of an innocent request on my part that we observe a certain degree of decorum with regard to what should or should not be addressed in church. To wit, a female parishioner advanced the topic of mammarian biopsy, on the Sabbath, no less, to which I took exception. Well, so opprobrious was the antiphon to my critique, I was impelled to transfer my parishional affiliation to Zare County Baptist Church, at least until tempers had cooled among our female congregants. Well, one can hearken to Jesus in Zare as well as in Slate, so I commenced my revised Sunday sojourns with buoyant disposition. Of course, it all took a bit of getting used to. I had to acclimate to a congregation that was more than 50% African-American. And when I say more than 50%, I mean 99%, which, until I walked through the door, was actually 100%. Yet I found common ground with my Zare County brethren and discovered the Reverend J. Pearson Haynes to be an energetic advocate for good Christian values and a fine prophylactic against the allurements of Satan. I will say, however, that the sermons addressed social causes far more often than I was used to in an ecclesiastical setting, civil rights, to which I have no natural animosity, 
school shootings, which I am decidedly against, gerrymandering, which seems to work just fine round here if you ask me, and police brutality versus conscientious law enforcement, which may just be apples to apples, I don't know. Mostly, I just kept quiet during these secular disputations, trusting Jesus to filter truth from polemic. This past Sunday, however, the good reverend broached a subject I had not previously considered, and one about which Reverend Haynes directly solicited my opinion. Reparations for slavery, he intoned in a deep timber. I can guess that our congregants could offer many opinions on this controversial proposal, everything from enthusiastic acclamation to a righteous cry of too little too late. But I wondered whether our newest communicant, Farmer Gray, would care to venture his own sentiments on this matter. Oh, says I, well, let me ponder a moment. And I paused to cogitate, replying only after careful deliberation. I suppose, says I, that the plantation owners did lose the whole of their investment once the slaves were emancipated, so I guess some reparations to their descendants would not be inappropriate. At which point a murmur ran through the congregation, along with a substantial amount of throat clearing. Uh, Brother Gray, said the Reverend, We're not talking about reparations to the people who owned slaves. We're referring to monetary recompense for the descendants of the slaves themselves, that they would receive compensation for the horrors of human bondage their ancestors suffered and the unpaid labor they provided. Oh, says I, but they were set free, and they didn't have to pay anything for the privilege. Seems like that might be sufficient, don't you think? With that, the congregation responded with what I can only describe as a unified response. So if you're looking for me, I'll be attending church in Tallahatchie County. Hopefully the attendees of that house of worship are a bit less judgmental, i.e. those who tender an opinion when asked. I repeat, when asked. (sighs) Seems there's this little fella, not yet aged ten years, far as I know, who makes a fine living on the, what you call a YouTube. And when I say a fine living, I mean this youngin pulls in tens of millions of dollars, tens of millions, simply by opening up boxes and playing with the toys inside. That's right, dear listeners. Folks can't get enough, can't can't get enough of it. Tens of millions just to amuse himself with goo-gaws. Well, Farmer Gray, he's no spendthrift, but I could certainly do with millions. Doesn't have to be tens of millions. Could be ones of millions, and I'd be satisfied. Yes, sir, and, and I'd put that money to good use, too. Realign the brakes on my pickup and buy me a new harrow. A new harrow, not a not a used one, profligate though that might seem. So anyway, I reasoned, and not without cause, that if there's an audience for boyhood gym cracks, yours truly could inveigle his own band of devotees with some unboxing of his own. 
So it was that I handed our own Zeke here, the self-same gentleman responsible for the music here at Farm Wisdom, I handed him a fistful of negotiable and sent him straight to the Zare County dollar store. Buy your fill and put it in boxes, says I, but don't divulge what's in those boxes so when I open them up, the audience can share in my wonderment, just like with that little fellow with those tens of millions. Well, friend Zeke, he, he fulfilled those instructions, for here I sit, surrounded by anonymous cardboard containers filled with all kinds of marvelous chattels. And folks, knowing Zeke as I do, a stalwart Baptist and reliable musician who donates his time gratis to this very broadcast, I have no doubt we're in for a treat. Sound judgment has Zeke. Sound judgment. Now then, here's a nice big package, so let's see what astoundment we have in store. Well, now look at this. Picture frames. A whole box full of them. Well, isn't that something? Just one thing, Zeke. You, you've been to my house. You, uh, you've probably noticed I don't have many pictures hanging I'd probably have more, but half my kin are of the belief that the camera captures your soul and so refuse to be photographed. I don't judge them, but the result is a dearth of pictures and a definite lack of need for picture frames. So I, uh, I really can't get too enthusiastic over the contents of this package. Still, there's plenty more, and I know you, Zeke. I know you won't let me down. Not with millions of dollars in revenue at stake. So here's a little box, and if the old adage holds, good things will come in this small package. Well, look at that. Seems we've got us a shoehorn. What do you know? I, I didn't even know they still made these. But they do. They, they obviously do. Guess there's some gentleman sitting in a big corner office somewhere, president of a shoehorn company, pulling down six figures a year, no doubt. But I, well, I can't say as I have much use for such bric-a-brac, considering I have no trouble at all slipping into my good shoes for church of a Sunday. No trouble at all, Zeke. Still, one never knows, could... Could come a day when I'm retaining water and require the aid of a shoehorn. The chances are slim to none, but like I said, you never know. Right then, third box, and we have... What in heck are these? Says on the package, 25 multicolored swizzle sticks. Swizzle sticks? Now, now Zeke, what do you imagine I do of an evening or... Are you thinking after a hard day at the plow, I mix up a fine, fancy cocktail and stir it to a turn, necessitating an endless supply of colorful swizzle sticks? That old Farmer Gray he sets back like a king with his mojito or apple teeny, eschewing the shine in his jug for a big city aperitif? That's what you're thinking there, Zeke? Because I don't. I don't. No, sir. But we'll let it slide, Zeke, because you've still got plenty of chances to redeem yourself. 
We've more mysterious boxes here, and most propitious they are. Now, let's see. And it's a pack of 100 paper plates. Well, how about that? 100 paper plates. Perfect for the day I throw a big picnic. Is that what you were thinking, Zeke? Did I throw a lot of picnics and therefore require a passel of paper plates? Then maybe I'd hold said picnic and invite you over so you could partake of grilled hamburgers and frankfurters and, oh, and maybe there'd even be a pie-eating contest and you'd participate and possibly win. Then we'd all sit around with swizzle sticks and drink martinis. Was that going through your head when you purchased 100 paper plates for Farmer Gray? Because newsflash, Zeke, this busy mister spends hard days and long hours at the plow, and I will be holding no such picnic event. So if you're checking your letterbox for an invitation, you can save your efforts. Do not waste your time, old friend. All right. What else awaits my scrutiny in these mystery boxes? Oh, well, will you look at this? It seems to be a little pink plastic comb with a butterfly on it, no less. Isn't that something? Well, now, I have a query for you, Zeke. When you, uh, when you look at me, do you, do you see a grown man or a six-year-old girl? You know, a... A tiny little girl in pigtails and shiny Mary Janes. Is that what you see? No? You say you don't? Well, well, I'll have to quibble with you there because the evidence says you do. A pretty little girl, that's what you see. Funny, because I thought I was a weathered old agrarian, but based on the contents of this parcel, I must have been mistaken. Nope, seems I'm just a sweet little miss. At least in your eyes. At least in your eyes, Zeke. Yep, just a dainty bairn. Yes, sir. But let's not dwell, Zeke. Let's see what's in the next box. Let's see what you thought would rouse elation in me and our now dwindling audience. Oh, my, will you look at that? More picture frames. Why, thank you, Zeke. I know just what to do with them. And away they go. Again, thank you, Zeke. Thank you for your thoughtful labors. I'll bet those millions of dollars are rolling in even as we speak. Tell you what, let's see if you can get one thing right and play me out. I said stop sulking and play... (laughs) 